I'm delighted to welcome today, all the way from Ireland, Joanne Callahan, who is known as the Sleep Success Coach. Welcome, Joanne. Hi, Elaine. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining us. So sleep is a huge, huge, huge subject, and we could go anywhere with this. We, we probably will end up going anywhere, to be honest, because um, I know you've got a lot of experience in this field. Um, why sleep? Why have you concentrated on sleep? Oh, well, well, obviously, well, my own personal experiences, um, like throughout life, I had many different bouts, you know, many different periods in my life where I wasn't able to sleep well. And the consequences of that really impacted me. Um, my father was was an alcoholic and um, there were many sleepless nights in the house. Um, I was the only one in my family who worked for a very long time. So I was getting up really early in the morning and going to work absolutely exhausted. And, you know, it was, I caught more flus and colds, you know, as a result of that, my immune system was down and um, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't even hold a conversation with people. It was really, really bad. And then, you know, there was various, various other stages when I was pregnant and I had restless legs and I cried at the side of my bed for the want of a good night of sleep. And then I lost my daughter later on in life. And so I went through a whole grieving process and I was desperate to get sleep. And so how i came to um write my book was when i started my whole um uh, journey of the entrepreneur um i started to train in holistic therapies like massage and reflexology and energy therapies reiki all that kind of thing and when i met my mentor he told me to write a book because this would help to elevate and give me more credibility so i didn't know what to write a book about and I had to think about it, you know, what are, what are my clients coming to me? What are they complaining about? What are they most frustrated with? What are they suffering from? And nearly everyone was coming to me. They had no energy. They were exhausted. They couldn't think straight. So I wrote a book on sleep. And it was when I wrote that book on sleep, it's called How to Get a Good Night's Sleep. And the research that I did and what I found and what I came across was so profound how it impacts us when we don't sleep well, how it impacts us physically in our body and all the diseases it can contribute to and how it's correlated to all these and inflammation um, and inflammation is huge. That's behind every disease and um, how it affects us emotionally and how, how that what occurs in the brain as a result of that, how it affects us even spiritually. And um, so it, it impacts us negatively on so many different levels, no matter what age you are, we all need sleep for different reasons. and. It's actually vital for our survival. We can't survive without sleep. So I decided, oh my God, people have got to realize how important sleep is as part of their healthy lifestyle. Yes, nutrition is important, exercise is important. But in my opinion, sleep is the foundation of all our health because when you sleep well, then you will have the energy to go out and go for your walk or make a nice meal and put the time into doing that. If you haven't slept well, you're not going to have the energy to do those other things and do them well. So sleep really does impact all areas of our life and also the other health pillars as well. They're all equally important and they all do marry together and work optimally together. But sleep, in my opinion, is really the foundation of all our health. So that's why I got into the whole sleep area. It's just so super important and we need to have a new awareness or a new um, relationship with sleep 
and how we think about sleep. So that's my mission is to really create this awareness of how important sleep is for you and your family. So how much sleep should we be getting? This can conflicting advice. Some people, I mean, we, 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 we all know about the Maggie Thatchers of the world and people who exist on, you know, two hours here, four hours there and maybe a catnap in the day. I mean, is that healthy? No, it's not. And really consistency is key because our body, we have just evolved through routines and rhythms and we've evolved thousands and thousands of years this way. So consistency is always key to the body, right? And so it's all about habitual stuff. Um, but, but we all have different requirements. So depending on what age you are, so obviously a younger infant will need more sleep because they're still growing and developing and the teenagers are going through puberty. And then we come into young adulthood and um, adult life years and then midlife and then elderly age. So typically a healthy adult would need between about seven to nine hours of sleep. And it's not set in stone. You know, we all have different requirements, but I think it's up to each and every one of us to listen to our bodies and understand how much sleep it is that we, so some people can get by on six and a half hours. Some people may need nine hours of sleep. So we really have to listen. But ideally, when we can wake up in the morning time without an alarm clock, so in other words, waking up naturally, and when we feel refreshed and ready to go for the day, that's how we know we've had enough sleep for our bodies. So that's ideally. But obviously in, in the world we're living in, our wake up time is socially determined, you know, if we to go for work or whatever. But that ideally is how we can determine. But it's really important that we listen to our bodies and we are all individuals and we all have different needs as well. So that's kind of a guideline that we can work by. Wonderful. And um, I'm very lucky these, well, lucky. I mean, it's habits, it's, 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 we, we choose how we live don't we so um i i wake up naturally around about seven o'clock in the morning now uh, regular as clockwork um bit before bit after uh, but always around about seven o'clock ish doesn't matter what time i go to bed um and then every now and then i'll have a you know i might even have a, an eight o'clock or a half past eight uh, i don't need to get up you know specifically for anything so my body has naturally sorted itself out um but I went through years of only having a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there. And um, it was it was uh, not sustainable on a long term basis. And that's the thing, isn't it? We can all manage on a short term basis lots of things. But it's if on a long term basis, things build up and build up. So how did you how did you transition then? I mean, do you still do all these other natural therapies and, and uh, Reiki and everything? Yeah, I do a small amount of it just for um uh, regular clients that, and that I've built up good relationships with. So yeah, I I actually have I'm I'm actually operating here at the moment from my uh, therapy room, and um, so yeah, I would take in clients and I also mentor them around sleep as well because an awful lot of them would have um, concerns about not sleeping well or not having enough energy. So I, I am a health coach as well, a certified health coach, so I can speak to them about those uh, different areas, you know, diet, nutrition, all that kind of thing as well. So. Um, but an awful lot, an awful lot that I see is anxiety. And I think this is the biggest culprit when it comes to not being able to sleep is anxiety and all the different stress levels that we have in the world that we're living in at the moment. I think that's the biggest. And a lot of people don't recognize that. A lot of people, there's something wrong with the mechanics of their sleep. But most of the time, that's not the case. It's our inability to slow down and to relax because our sleep is not like an on-off switch that we can just switch a button and just, you know, go asleep. It's 
it takes a winding down uh, routine. Every, you know, our body temperature has to cool down. Our brain waves have to slow down. There's actually a process. And if we can't switch between the two different nervous systems to rest and digest and the, the fight or flight that we're constantly living in during the day, then this is going to cause a problem with our ability to relax in the evening so that we can we can wind down naturally and, and, and have this onset of sleep, this natural onset of sleep. So that's where I see most the biggest problem is, is, is anxiety. So what kind of process are you referring to? What, what would be a good healthy habit to, to get into for, for listeners? You know what, um, <clears throat> there's lots of different things, right? Um, but really, again, it's not necessary the mechanics of sleep. So it's what we're doing during the daytime. So it's the lifestyle that we're keeping. So I always say to people, you know, the one most important thing is how you wake up in the morning. So waking up at the same time every morning is crucially important. And, and you, Elaine, said sometimes you go to bed a little bit later or whatever, but you will always wake up in and around the same time in the morning because this is the this is where we reset our circadian rhythm um, <clears throat> is first thing in the morning when we wake up. So this is why consistency is key and waking up, even if you go to bed at different times at night, waking up at the same time because it literally resets your whole day and resets your whole rhythm. And we've evolved with these circadian rhythms. This is a 24 hour biological process, if you like. We have all these different systems and hormones that are released at certain times during the day. Um, and it's, 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 it's consistent, if you like, in this 24 hour period. So I always tell people how you start your day is going to determine how well you sleep at nighttime. Mm. But waking up at the same time every morning and getting sunshine within within 15 minutes of waking up getting some sunshine or daylight if you're living in ireland we don't have much sunshine <laughs> but daylight but daylight helps to reset that circadian rhythm it helps to wake us up and it helps to switch off that melatonin which is our sleep hormone so daylight will switch off your melatonin and really help you to reset the day so how you start your day and create a morning routine is super important so start your day off intentionally don't start your day off hitting the ground running, you know, um, rushing. That's what so many people do. They're straight away onto their mobile phones, checking emails, and um, they're automatically responding to other people. You're giving your power away first thing in the morning. So I call it the power hour or the golden hour. So really set up the first hour of your day intentionally, and it really helps you build up and create the day ahead um, setting intentions, what it is you want to create today, what it is you want to fulfill or do during the daytime, whether you're a housewife or you're an entrepreneur or, you, or you're a professional, it doesn't matter. You need to set up your first hour powerfully because for so many people, we're giving our power away and this contributes to stress and anxiety. So the first hour of your day is very important. How about the other end of the day then? So we, we've, we've woken up naturally, we've, we've had some daylight we've we've approached the day with a calm in but it, good intentions so at the other end of the day what what, what routines should we be doing should we yeah. be having in any routines yeah absolutely great question so so first thing in the morning um we have these two hormones cortisol and melatonin so i've spoken about melatonin which is our sleep hormone so we obviously have a lot of that during the in the late evening and during the night time which helps us sleep that's a very important hormone but cortisol is on the opposite side i like to these are like dancing partners 
So cortisol is highest in the morning time. So we need cortisol to be high in the morning to get us out of bed. We, a lot of people think cortisol is the body. It's, it's one of the stress hormones, but we do need cortisol. But we need cortisol to slowly dissipate during the day. We need cortisol to reduce in the evening time to allow the onset of melatonin. So these two hormones are very important when you look at the two of these in relation to our circadian rhythm. So we do need to wind down in the evening time to allow cortisol to reduce so as to allow the onset of melatonin. So what can we do? Well, we need to, uh, the, the last hour in the evening, as we are preparing for bed, because we have these physiological processes, our body temperature has to cool down, our brain waves have to cool down, or uh, slow down rather, our heart rate, our blood pressure, all these have to slow down to allow the onset. So we do need to do practices that will allow us to slow down, if you like. Now, this could be just simply sitting down and reading a book. It could be watching a bit of TV before bed. But if you are watching TV, I always say to people, mind the content of, of, um, of TV. And some people say, don't watch any TV before bed. I'd say, don't have a TV in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it could be a relaxing technique, you know, to watch a nice comedy or something like that. And um, maybe some gentle yoga exercise, maybe a gentle stroll, a walk, uh, but something that's slowing your systems down, maybe having a hot bath. There's loads of different things that we can do, but ideally we want to find something that we enjoy doing so that we will do it without, I have to do this. We don't want to be, I have to do this type of thing because it's a bit of a pressure. So whatever it is that you enjoy doing, but winding down is super important for these reasons because you want the core body temperature to cool down because sleep, the onset of sleep cannot happen if we've just done a 5K jog, literally just before we're going to bed, our, our core body temperature is going to be up. So this is going to cause a problem. And I have actually had clients, Elaine, where they're so desperate to get asleep at nighttime, they will go and do a 5K run right before bed to mm -hmm. make themselves exhausted. Wow. But in fact, it's having the opposite effect because of this core body temperature issue. Mm -hmm. And plus you've got a lot more adrenaline in the body as well. So, so yeah, so it's really, this is really why it's important to wind down in the evening time. It's, it's um, having these two hormones in mind and really um, slowing everything down in the body. We, we, we read a lot about the, uh, the blue light and different lights and, and the EMFs and all that sort of thing. So what effect does that have on us with sleep, particularly yeah. with young people? huge absolutely absolutely huge and i've a pet hate technology is great um <clears throat> but we're not using it in the right way and we're not using it at the right times either so we need to have a respect for technology now we can't escape technology it's here it's here to stay it's getting faster it's getting better and um, every teenager nearly has a mobile phone at this stage and um, my daughter is 11 years of age everybody in her classroom bar her own a mobile phone personally i think that's far too young i think it's very irresponsible and i'll tell you why and um, so the problem with technology and using technology at night time the blue light that's emitted from our mobile phones actually mimics daylight so it's very confusing to the brain and our eyes actually take in light information this is one of the functions of the eyes a lot of people think it's just to see with and um, but it's actually one of the functions of of the eyes to um which controls our circadian rhythm this 24-hour biological process so light information is really important when it comes to maintaining our circadian rhythm um 
So the light is one thing. The other thing with, with mobile phones or electronic devices is this dopamine effect. So dopamine is a neurotransmitter, is a neurotransmitter in our brain. It's an excitatory neurotransmitter and it keeps us engaged. It's like the seek and reward neurotransmitter. So you might find if you're scrolling through Facebook or um, whatever social media, you may find I'll just do this for five minutes and a half an hour later, you're still on it. So people find it very difficult to come away. So you lose track of time, but also you're increasing this dopamine effect, which is exciting the, the brain waves. And we want to slow the brain, brain waves down. So it's keeping us addicted. And one of the reasons why I hate to see so many young children with mobile phones is because there's a very good video, um, <clears throat> in fact, there's a few by Simon Sinek, and he talks about technology. And he talks about, he compares it to um, gambling and smoking and uh, all these addictive nature, um, uh, these alcohol. And there is an age limit of 21 in some countries for using these substances because it creates this neural pathway, the, this dopamine neural pathway, which has people addicted. Um, and when we talk about addiction, now I'm not um, qualified in the whole, this whole area because it's, it's very specialized. But when we talk about this dopamine pathway and addiction, we can be addicted to more than just substances. We can be addicted to like there's you know, food and there's so many things that we can be addicted to, but it's this dopamine pathway. And when it comes to mobile phones, um, it's this exact same pathway um, and it's keeping us addicted, but there's no regulation. There's no age limit on children owning mobile phones like there is for smoking or alcohol or gambling, you know? So when you put it into that perspective, it's like, oh my God, um, it can be quite dangerous. And I think there's a, a big ignorance. Um, I know there's reasons why parents give young children mobile phones, um, but I think we've got to look at the responsibility and what's physically happening in the body as well. And then we talk about EMF which um, can impact right down to the cellular level, right down to the mitochondria, which is our powerhouses, our energy sources of all our cells. And it has been shown in scientific studies, many, many studies, that EMF is affecting us right down to the cellular level. And we see people with mobile phones up to the head as well. And we've seen the, the imaging scans where the head is heating up um, from all the EMF. And in fact, if you look at your handbook or in the safety part of your phone, it actually says not to place the phone within an inch of your head. So not, not many people are aware of that, but there's a lot to be said. We could do a whole hour talking about mobile phones and EMF and all of that, but uh, we definitely need to be respectful and be mindful um, and use them at the right times as well, Elaine. So that's really mm, super important. Absolutely. I, I find actually um, in this day and age, people very rarely phone me. It's it's mostly uh, video calls. And uh, if I do have a phone call, I've got my phone on speaker and I'm, I'm holding it in my hand. Um, I've not for, for years. Um, I learned about this many years ago. Um, but uh, as, you, as you say, not many people are aware of it because we're not overtly taught about it, are we? So hopefully listeners will pick up some tips um, from this conversation. Um, tell us about weight gain, weight loss, etc., and sleep. What's what's the relationship there? Because that's very strong as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I actually have a whole course on on how to lose weight while you sleep because it's so profound, and a lot of people don't relate sleep with losing weight. Like how how can you possibly not doing anything? You're just sleeping at night time. So how can you possibly lose weight, right? So this is the perception. 
but in fact um our body you know when we're sleeping at night time we're in a very different state during the night time than we are during the daytime where um you know during the daytime we're breaking everything down and um at night time we're building everything back up again and um you know there's various hormones at play the, in these two different states so at night time you know we have our, our growth hormone which is um the growth hormone comes out in our deep phase of sleep so we have different phases different parts of our sleep architecture if you like and they're all equally important but our deep sleep is where all the healing repairing is done and this is where the growth hormone comes out but the growth hormone is a fat burning hormone and for many people um <clears throat> we eat very late at night time um and we also eat very heavy meals at night time many people eat a lot of protein and um, which takes a long time to digest and our bodies were never meant to digest food at night time when we're sleeping like thousands of years ago when we lived in caves we only ate during the daytime we had a very small window where we ate and we've evolved this way so our body has grown and adapted to this way of living but now in our modern world we're eating like we're just eating non-stop and we're eating really heavy meals and it's very taxing on the body but there's a big problem with insulin and um you know when we just just six out of ten people in ireland are either overweight or obese and this can lead to um diabetes and and um chronic heart disease and this is the number one killer in the world um stroke all this sort of thing and you know when we have an awful lot of weight there's a lot of inflammation in the body then because our fat cells store um, more toxins in our body and there's more inflammation so sleep can help if we allow our body to go into this fasting state at night time um, time restricted eating and, and what that basically is is we ideally should be fasting for at least 12 hours and this is during the night time now at least 12 hours we can do for 12 16 it has been shown that when we give our body this break, it drastically reduces inflammation and inflammation is behind every disease to, on some, some level. Um, <clears throat> but we can optimize our body and we can allow our body to heal more effectively uh, when we are fasting during the nighttime. And this can help to control our insulin levels because when we have too much insulin in the body, and by the way, when we have insulin in the body at nighttime, it's, um, it does not allow for the growth hormone to come out and implement and the growth hormone is where all the healing and repairing is done all our new blood cells all, all our new cells have been made and created but um it's a fat burning hormone as well and it doesn't work optimally when we have too much insulin in our body especially at night time so this is why it's so super important to have this time restricted eating at night time so there's lots i could go into another another one i'll just say as well elaine which is really important is when we're sleep deprived we have two hormones called ghrelin and leptin and leptin <clears throat> is our society hormone which makes us feel full it's actually what stops us from eating when we've we've eaten too much otherwise we could keep eating because so many of us are addicted to our foods and and 80 of the food in our supermarket is addictive there's there's all sorts of it's all processed and ultra processed foods and all of this um, and we can be addicted to these foods but the leptin stops us from eating and makes us feel full it tells our brain when 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 we're full and we need to stop eating and then the other one ghrelin is what makes us hungry and um, because obviously we need food for energy and other reasons as well but when we're sleep deprived these two hormones are out of sync and our ghrelin hormone 
makes us even more hungry. But not only does it make us hungry, it makes us eat the wrong types of food. And so many of our foods have sugar in them these days. And sugar is, is it's just addictive. But not only are we eating the more food, we're eating more of the wrong types of food, more sugar. This is creating more um, impact on our insulin and insulin resistance and uh, obesity and overweight and all this sort of thing. So those two hormones are out of whack when we're sleep deprived as well. And it has been shown in, in scientific studies, loads and loads of studies done to show this. Um, and and we're, we're just craving the wrong types of foods. So we go and we eat, you know, uh, biscuits and cakes and takeaway foods rather than healthy foods. So it's just, it just makes sense to sleep well and to really understand what's going on in the body when, when we're sleep deprived. Absolutely. What were the names of those two hormones you said again? Gremlin, uh, so it's G-H-R-E-L-I-N, Gremlin, and Leptin. Right. And okay, I, I, to, I, I think of, uh, have you ever seen that film, The Gremlins, uh, you do these little uh, cute uh, creatures, um, and uh, you don't feed them after midnight, otherwise they turn into little monsters. Um, so, that, so the Gremlins often remind me of the Gremlin hormone <laughs> mm, yeah that makes sense yeah hormones play a, a, an incredible part in uh, regulating our health and well-being don't they so talk to us a bit about the hormones particularly relating to midlife and menopausal uh, yeah, stuff that means <clears throat> women there's two main reasons why women um women do not sleep as well as men especially in the midlife years and it's because of the hormones and aging um so for the women, we go through um, menstrual cycles, right? So we have we have our own cycles, and um, so when we come to midlife years, obviously our, our hormones, all of our hormones, start to decline. But that doesn't mean that we're going to have um, more pain and more upsets. It, do, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a lot that we can do before uh, menopause or this change, this transition in our life, and it's really important that we because it can take 10 years or 15 years for things to manifest in the body. And our body is very forgiving when we're younger. This is why there needs to be more of an awareness to really look after bodies when we're young, and especially when it comes to midlife, because it's this decline in hormones, but it's but it's the big decline that causes the problems. We, we associate menopause with hot flashes and migraine headaches and all that kind of thing. But as a, women, a woman has her menstrual cycle, when she ovulates, after she ovulates, um, the hormones change. And when we talk about body temperature, body temperature is very, very important when it comes to regulating our sleep cycle. But the way our hormones work after ovulation, the, the, our body temperature increases, which conflicts with our sleep. So this, so our, our, our temperature regulation goes out of whack because of these hormones. And that's just in the menstrual cycle, but this also happens when we come to midlife as well. So um, our estrogen and progesterone are significantly dropping. And estrogen plays a really big part in our sleep-wake cycle as well, um, and our body temperature control. So this is, this is why a lot of women experience the hot flashes at nighttime. So I often say to people, stress is a huge, huge, huge part in midlife. And the more we can manage stress, the less of an impact this can have on our body. And um, I also say to people, sage is a very good thing to take. You know, you can take the sage drops or there's just sage tablets you can get in the health shop and this helps to regulate or control the temperature. But also eating plant-based foods, um, 
with the, the estrogen uh, type plant-based foods can really help with this decline in estrogen as well but really um, there's lots of different things that we can do but I think if we can manage our diet and our, our lifestyle even years before we come into this stage of life it can really help dramatically reduce um, how drastic these um, changes can negatively impact our body. Mm, it's um, you're very knowledgeable, uh, Joanne. It's lovely listening to you to talking. Um, I've interviewed many experts on menopause, and every single one has agreed with me that what you've just said. When you go into the menopausal years, uh, pre-menopause, in a healthy state, then you're less likely to have problems. And um, I'm I'm the case in point. I just luckily it was um, seven days before I had my mastectomy back in two thousand and nine. Um, I had my last period, and um, I've never had one since, thankfully. And I've never had any menopausal problems either. So that was proof because twenty years before then, uh, I cured myself of a kidney disease I was born with, and um, I learned about uh, eating and living well and nutrition and plant-based foods and sleep and, and all the rest of it. So I was very fortunate that I had a 20-year run-up uh, in which my body was already, you know, doing doing good things. So, yeah, each, each phase of our life, we have different challenges. And you mentioned stress. And I know that at midlife, at a time when women are changing hormonally, they've got masses of stress because many yeah. are dealing with elderly parents grandchildren uh, and, and or teenagers or whatever so there's so many stresses and women typically tend not to look after themselves first they look after themselves if at all last a hundred percent lane a hundred percent you've got like all sorts of stuff you, and you may still have young like I have, I have an 11 year old daughter at the moment um my mother is fine thank god <laughs> But yeah, you could, you, there's, there's a lot of people caring for their parents. Then you could have grandkids been dropped on you. I'm, I'm a grandmother as well, by the way. Um, but I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have that. Um, although I would love to see more. <laughs> Be careful what I wish for. But yeah, there's a lot going on. And then you're minding the house, the household. And uh, you could be an entrepreneur as well, like me, you know, because many women are working now. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different role models and a lot of the different hats that we're putting on. So a lot we're juggling with. And it is so super important that we look after ourselves. And I think self-care, self-love, um, and so many people, it, people in general, are um, giving themselves a terrible time. They're, we're all very hard on ourselves as human beings. And we don't stop to acknowledge what we've achieved in our lives. And um, because I think that's the biggest thing, we beat ourselves up so, so much. And then we have this, I'm not good enough, and this imposter syndrome. and all this sort of thing that we hear about self-esteem problems self-worth and i think it's a huge huge area so especially for the midlife woman because they're going through so much and they're given so much out there we need to fill ourselves up and be conscious of that and i think the power hour in the morning is a great way to really fill your cup up first thing in the morning that's a really great way but yes there's a lot to be mindful of elaine there really is so when people wake up um, I hear lots of people um, and I experience and, and physically see people who they wake up and it's obvious that they haven't slept well. What can they do? How, what, what steps can they start to take to, to change things around for them? Because if you wake up tired, I mean, that's just 
daft, isn't it? But it happens to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing as well that I just like to say is, you know, if you can get your sleep right 80% of the time, so many people want to have a good night of sleep every single night. That That's not going to happen because life happens and we have circumstances. So if you can aim, first of all, to have 80 uh, percent of, of your sleep to be to be well. Right. So, <clears throat> so so just that being said, first of all, but many people do wake up feeling exhausted, even if they've had their seven or eight hours of sleep and they're like, what's going on? I'm still exhausted. Is something not working here? So. One thing I like to say to people is consider sleep apnea because this is um, this is a breathing disorder um, and many women, especially in midlife or after the menopause, seem to develop this. And a lot of it's to do with weight gain. An awful lot of the time weight gain is, is the culprit for this um, because it's restricting the airways. Um, it's one of the biggest contributory factors. But sleep apnea causes this cessation of breath. It's where we kind of stop breathing temporarily and then the brain kicks in and wakes us up to to breed but we're not conscious of this all the time because we only have brief waking periods but we don't remember it's so short that we don't remember but it's impacting our deep sleep so we're not getting that deep sleep plus we've been deprived of oxygen in the brain and we absolutely need oxygen so this is why a lot of people with sleep apnea who are undiagnosed and there is a lot of people out there undiagnosed this is why they feel they brain fog first thing in the morning because of this depletion in oxygen um, and also they haven't had sufficient levels of deep sleep. This is one of the main reasons why people wake up feeling exhausted uh, in the morning. <clears throat> Another thing when people wake up tired in the morning is a lot of people reach for the cup of coffee mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> to help wake them up. And we know coffee is a stimulant, but what's actually happening is um, we need our body temperature to warm up again for wakefulness. Um, because temperature regulation is plays a big role in our sleep-wake cycle so by drinking something warm will actually help to wake you up it's not necessary that it's caffeine that you're getting to body because it takes 15 20 minutes for caffeine to actually hit your brain so um having a, a warm hot drink can help to wake you up and get you out of that sleep inertia but um but adapting the regular routines and um, get going to bed at the same time every night um, if you do suspect sleep apnea, do go to your doctor and you can get a lab test done to rule it out or maybe get treatment for it if that's the case. Um, but yeah, but that's that's typically what I hear quite a lot, Elaine, uh, when it comes to people waking up and still feeling tired in the morning. Mm. And, and sleep apnea definitely is on the rise. I, I never heard of it years ago. Mm. Uh, well, we just didn't. But now I know I know lots of people who actually use this contraption um you know kind of space mask thing that they use at night to help keep them going and when i look at the people who are using those when i think about it many of them are overweight and yeah. they've got other health issues but i you know the doctor never talks to them about those things they just deal with the symptoms and never get to the root cause of the problem which um is again daft but it's the way life is you know doctors are so busy being busy they don't yeah. have time i have a a, a client who's a um uh, a doctor and um, a private doctor and she said that in the National Health Service the reason she came out was because they have six minute appointments and in that six minutes if somebody comes to you with five different symptoms you've got to figure out very quickly which is the one that's likely to kill them if you don't deal with it so nobody's getting true service anymore yeah it doesn't make sense I mean how can you 
get someone's whole history and background in, in that short space of yeah. time. You know, it doesn't make sense. No, bonkers. So it's been wonderful hearing um, what you've been talking about sleep, uh, Joanne. Perhaps we can have another call another time talking about uh, mobile phones and EMFs. Um, yeah, that would be a whole hour. No, a lot about that as well. It's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the top tips then would be would be what? So, top top main top tips. So I would say first, so first thing in the morning when you wake up, get sunshine for at least 10, 15 minutes. Sit outside, have your cup of coffee or whatever it is. Sit outside because that will reset your circadian rhythm. This is really important to reset your circadian rhythm. Even if you've had a bad night of sleep, you can have a nap later on in the afternoon if you need to but still wake up at the same time because it's really important to maintain the circadian rhythm. So getting sunshine, really important. The next tip I would say is <clears throat> um, don't eat at least three hours before you go to bedtime um, because you want it, it takes up to three hours for food to digest in your, in your body and your digestion actually slows down um, at nighttime as well. So your digestion itself is not effective at nighttime. So don't eat big heavy meals, uh, finish eating them three hours at least before you go to bed. Um, avoid caffeine and alcohol. Um, now, when I say avoid caffeine, caffeine is okay to drink. I am a fan of caffeine. I like a cup of coffee myself, but don't drink uh, too much caffeine later in the evening time because it takes a long time to break down in the body and it is a stimulant. So caffeine for that reason. And everybody is different um, has different levels of sensitivity to caffeine. Alcohol will get you to sleep. It will probably knock you out but it will fragment your sleep. It is a diuretic. You will get up more than likely to go to the bathroom. And it has been shown that it stops um, REM sleep. It inhibits REM, REM sleep, which is where we dream. Um, <clears throat> also, I would say um, create a wind down routine at least one to two hours before you go to bed. And in that routine, um, do not use your mobile phones, like switch it off, put it onto flight mode. Some people bring their phones to bed to use it as an alarm clock. If you do put it onto flight mode, you don't need to be keeping your phone or Wi-Fi on at nighttime while you're sleeping. Um, so yeah, so they'd be the main the main tips that I'd I'd say to people. Brilliant. And you mentioned you touched on um, diet and nutrition and all the rest of it earlier on. And another thing I'd like to comment on: when I wake up in the morning, uh, well, there's a song I can't remember. I think it was the Monkeys that sang the song and. It's, um, wake up sleepy Jean and wipe the sleep from oh, your yeah. eyes or something it's gross absolutely every time I hear that I think oh god they're horrible <laughs> but I, I I never have sleep in my eyes I never I, I wake up my eyes pop open around about seven as I've said and I'm awake I'm right on it straight away and you know I could tackle the world you know the world's problems and I never have sleep uh, in my eyes and I've um, realized that's because I eat cleanly so you know the the sleep in the eyes um is a form of detoxing yeah it's a form of detoxing so it's it's your 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 body you know expunging things it doesn't need so you know within a few few, few you know normally within an hour or so most people have gone to the toilet and passed a bell movement in in that first time and again yeah. that's a healthy sign that your body is uh, you know getting rid of what it doesn't need yeah. um so yeah well there's all kinds of uh things that are there that we can appreciate and you know give thanks for that you know we've had a good night's sleep we we're, we're healthy we're we're um uh we're well nourished and so on and so forth rather than concentrating on oh i can't sleep i can't sleep because the more you concentrate on them the more you know what you said you know be careful what you wish for so 
I wish everybody a very good night's sleep. And to buy your book, um, Joan, where do they get a hold of your book? Give us your contact details. They can can find it on Amazon. And um, it's also my own website, howtogetagoodnightsleep.com. And um, if you go to my own website or joannecallahan.com, J-O-H-A-N-N, joannecallahan.com, long, long uh, reason why my name is spelled J-O-H-A-N-N anyway, um, you will get the audio, uh, the audio copy on, on my website as well. Um, but the book itself is just available on Amazon. Brilliant. Okay, so joannecallahan.com or getagoodnightsleep.com. How to, how to get a good how night's to. sleep. How to. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to uh, another chat with you on phones and EMFs. Fantastic. Thanks, Elaine. Have a great day.